New audio of Donald Trump in his own words, saying quite clearly he wanted to join the crowds at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. He says it suggests to calm down what we know now became a violent mob. Why Trump did not do that, he blames the Secret Service. Now, this is coming from Jonathan Carl of ABC News when Trump spoke with Carl two months after the insurrection. Listen to this. If you look at the real size of that crowd, it was never reported correctly. Mm -hmm. There were, it's the biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of by far. Really? By far. That went down to the Washington, that went back to the Washington Monument. Um, you told them you were going to go up to the Capitol, were you just... I was, no, I was going to, and the Secret Service said, you can't, and then by the time, I would have, and then when I got back, I saw, I wanted to go back, I was thinking about going back during the problem to stop the problem, doing it myself. Secret Service didn't like that idea too much. So, so what? And I could so have done that, and you know what? I would have been very well received. Don't forget, the people that went to Washington that day, in my opinion, they went because they thought the election was rigged. That's why they went. So this is important, not just for yesterday, but for today as well, as Trump is set to go on trial in March on federal charges for his actions to overturn the 2020 election. And Sarah, some legal, legal analysts and experts are already anticipating that this audio, this conversation with Jonathan Carl will play a part in that trial. You could probably bet money on that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Thank you, Kate. A New York appeals court judge has temporarily, by the way, lifted the gag order on Donald Trump and his lawyers in his civil fraud trial here in New York. Trial Judge Arthur Engron had barred the former president and his lawyers from talking about his judicial staff. At an emergency hearing this week, Trump's legal team argued that infringed on his free speech rights. Once the gag order was lifted, it didn't take very long for Donald Trump to start bashing the judge and his law clerk on his truth social platform, calling the judge's clerk biased and Trump hating and calling the gag order ridiculous. CNN's Kara Scannell is joining us now from outside of that courtroom uh, where there has been plenty of drama over the time that this has gone on. Um, the trial is going to resume again this morning. What do we know about this gag order that has been lifted? And, and, and ultimately, it just means he can say whatever he wants. Yes, Sarah, I mean, for now, there are no restrictions on what the former president can say about this case or about the judge's staff. You know, this came because Trump had gone to the appeals court and asked in an emergency motion for this temporary lifting of the gag order. And there was a brief hearing yesterday uh, where the judge heard arguments from all the parties, and he decided to lift the gag order, saying that there are constitutional rights at issue. So that means that Trump is free to say what he wants. And as you said, the judge imposed this gag order in the first place because Trump had made claims on social media about the judge's law clerk and then the judge extended that to Trump's attorneys because they had also raised questions of bias because of no passing between the judge's clerk and the judge. She sits just a few feet from him on the bench. Uh, you know, but once this gag order was lifted, Trump wasted no time. As you said, he made those statements about on social media about the judge's law clerk. He also continued to attack the judge and the New York attorney general. They had not been subject to this gag order, but he has continued to uh, attack them 
him saying that they have colluded in this case to lower the values of his properties. That's because the attorney general has sued Trump, saying he inflated the values of properties, and the judge, before this trial began, had agreed, finding that these financial statements were inflated. And he also has called this investigation a hoax and a PR disaster for New York State. So, you know, we are now in the 31st day of this trial. Uh, this is the end of the first week of Trump's defense. They started with Donald Trump Jr. on the stand talking about how spectacular and incredible all of their assets are and the value that the Trumps added to them. We've since heard a number of expert witnesses who are testifying for the defense that these financial statements did comply with U.S. accounting laws and that there are various different ways to value these properties. Sarah? Yeah, and with his win uh, in the appeals court about the gag order, you can be sure that whatever happened in this court, there will be an appeal by Trump and his lawyers. Thank you so much, Kara Scanella. I appreciate your time. John? All right, with us now, CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor Jennifer Rogers. Counselor, great to see you. I want to go back to the Jonathan Carl tape of Donald Trump talking about January 6th just a short time after. Kate suggested that this could play in the March federal trial involving Donald Trump. How so? What was important there? Well, so they've charged him, of course, with this vast conspiracy to effectively steal the election. They didn't charge him with the insurrection itself, per se, but this is all evidence of that conspiracy, right? Because the insurrection, of course, was the last-ditch effort to stop Congress from certifying the vote. So the fact that he's recorded saying, basically, I knew that these were my supporters, they were there to do what I wanted them to do to stop the certification is good evidence of his participation. He really seemed to know what was going on up at the Capitol on January 6th, and then he even suggested that he could have gone up there and calmed them down. Now, I don't know that that has any legal importance here, but maybe some political impact. Yeah, I mean, the notion that he sat on his hands while watching TV and did absolutely nothing knowing that they were there to do what he wanted them to do and he didn't do anything to stop the violence that was going on at the time mm -hmm. is a pretty persuasive point about his bad actions. In Could you get case. that in front of a jury? Absolutely, because again, it's all part of this conspiracy about what he was trying to get them there to do, which was to stop the certification. All right, now on the New York civil trial, this gag order has been temporary temporarily lifted, not on the merits, right, uh, on procedural grounds, at least for now? Well, it's a stay. It's right. to leave the parties in the positions they were before it was imposed while the judges consider the merits. What the about the fact that every time there's a stay or the gag order is not in place, you know, within minutes or hours, Donald Trump spouts off again? What impact might that have on the appeals court? Well, as the judge, do the judges sit there and think about, you know, should we gag him or not? One thing that they know is if they don't, he will speak about it, right? So the harm that the judge is trying to avoid Avoid will happen. So I think it pushes them in the direction of imposing a gag order because it's so narrow in scope that it doesn't really impinge on his rights and the potential harm to the law clerk who has been receiving threats is great. There's a difference though between Donald Trump and Donald Trump's lawyers in this case in your view. Why? Because his is so narrowly drawn, right? He still can make all the complaints he wants to about the judge, the process, the Biden administration, the attorney general, and so on. The lawyers, though, do have an obligation to make legal arguments on his behalf, and they did so in this mistrial motion the other day. And their main argument is that there's bias here, and the law clerk's actions demonstrate that bias. So it's one thing to say they're constrained First Amendment-wise from spouting off about anything, but you do have to allow lawyers to make legal arguments on behalf of their clients. And so that's where I think the court may tinker with it a little bit just to make sure that the lawyers can defend him properly. And then just lastly, 
All of this case right now is in front of a judge, not a jury. This judge has to rule on the civil trial. He's already found Donald Trump and the company liable for fraud. Now he's got to basically pick an amount. He's going to find them here. Does this have any impact? All this swirling discussion about the gag order and everything else that's going on have an impact on how he could rule? I don't think it has an impact on how he will rule on the merits. I mean, of course, it impacts him in the sense that he's waiting on an appellate court to kind of opine whether he was right or wrong. And so he might think about being more conservative to the extent he wants to impose additional restrictions and that sort of thing. But he's listening carefully to the evidence. And so he'll make his decisions based on that. Jennifer Rogers, great to see you. Thank you.